Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. With Renault, official car partner of the GAA, taking the passion of a nation to a whole new gear. A grain of rice. A grain of rice. It's going to tip the scale. Just remember that, man. There's a small bit of a needle there. Now, come on. Mayo, you've got to get Andy Murad into the game. Our mission was to show that we're no longer the whipping bite of Munster. Hello there and welcome to the Irish Examiner GA Championship Podcast, sponsored by Renault, official car partner of the GA, taking the passion of a nation to a whole new gear. Renault are also title sponsor of the Renault GA World Games 2019, taking place in Waterford from the 28th of July to August 1st, with the finals in Croke Park on August 2nd. With 1,300 players from 10 regions around the globe coming home to play on Irish soil, you've no excuses not to make it down. You can find out more about that at reno.ie forward slash GA where you'll also get access to some special offers exclusive to GA members. So check it out now. Action-packed programme uh, as always and we're delighted to welcome Mike Quirk and Paddy Kelly to our studios here in Blackpool in Irish Examiner headquarters. Uh, lots of things to uh, get through. Before we're going to get on to the guy though, uh, the man of the moment has a big guy background, dominating every newspaper in the country this Monday morning, Shane Lowry. And uh, lads, are we going to start the campaign right here, right now, for Shane Lowry and the Claret Jug to come to Croke Park? Absolutely. Absolutely. I was, I was there, obviously, yesterday and, or on, on Sunday, whenever you're listening to this. And uh, it was great to see, like, they were putting up the score on the big screen. They were calling out his, you know, Shane Lowry's four shots ahead, five shots ahead. We're trying to concentrate on Kerry Donegal or whatever game was going on in front of us. And, uh, and they're still going out with this. And it was brilliant. And it's just, like, I think he's one of those guys that is universally loved in, in Ireland. You know, there's very few footballers, Paddy, like, I don't know how many, how many guys know, maybe a Morris Fitzgerald or, you know, maybe Peter Canavan to a lesser extent. There's very few of those guys that are universally amongst every county that people say, Jesus Christ, he's class. Whereas Lowry has that about him. Like, you know, he has that kind of real quintessential GA. We love this guy. And, and it was mad in Croke Park yesterday the way people were just kind of delighted that he was still holding on to the, onto the lead and stuff. Yeah, I was class. I mean, I was watching the Kerry game uh, on TV at home and I'd say like a lot of people kind of a laptop on the on the lap and TV in the background. So it was class watching. Um, you know, it was great for him to kind of have it sewn up with, with a good bit to go and very comfortable. So um, it'd be a nice touch from the GA to, to bring him into one of the big games, the Hardinger football finals, possibly or something like that. Uh, it's the least he deserves coming from a GA background. So there'll be some session there in Eskros Hills and, and, and Clarence for the next few days. So um, it was just a fantastic day of sport yesterday. I'd say uh, next few weeks Paddy if anything like that I don't think it'll last for a few days and of course the question is does it all tie in an awfully man winning this year an awfully man being the yeah. star of the show in 1982 ending five in a row hopes yeah there's there's links there isn't there yeah um, I don't know I mean that's obviously a very tenuous kind of a link to be drawing but like to, to finish your first thing I think absolutely the GA should should organise this thing that it's whether it's whether it's before a semi final or you know a final it'll probably be you know too long to wait 
but like absolutely he should be paraded out in the centre of Crow Park at half time or before one of these games and allow the I mean you'll imagine you're going to have a bigger crowd for semi-finals allow the people there to actually show their appreciation for, for one of their own and, and a GA guy for accomplishing something that was like just it was magic to watch it and, and, to, and to watch the way he played and everything so like that's that's the first thing now whether whether uh, he inspires somebody to, to do a Seamus Derby-esque and, 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 and stop this Dublin Jesus, I'm not sure. After after the weekend again, it's gonna be it's gonna be an uphill task, really. But like you know, let's let's be honest. Ross Common looked to be just out of their depth from before the throw-in. Yeah, it was it was it was hard to watch. I mean, the, the doubles just blew away as they do to a lot of teams. Um, it kind of gave me great hope looking at it, seeing how close Cork were having uh, you know the previous week. Um, the Rossies were just blown away. Doubles were class. Conor Callan you know, came to the fore and full forward line. Um, Jeez, he was he was absolutely ridiculous. Wasn't yeah, he? yeah. Even early on, he got a couple of feet catches, high catches, and turned for scores and stuff. Um, just again, just kind of as if they couldn't be more impressive. They they added it again. Um, different kettle of fish in a couple of weeks in home. I know that's uh, it's it's hard to know where that one's going because you're unsure whether there's any advantage being first or second, given how competitive Group One is. Um, but the dubs look awesome. I mean, we're talking about who can stop it for five in a row. Uh, you know the Connolly the Connolly sideshow I'm not sure is that to distract us all about how, how good they are yeah um, just, just on that because that news broke last Monday obviously it was our hurling podcast last Monday what's, what's your take on the entire Dermot Connolly saga Paddy a sideshow is the word you used uh, well maybe not a sideshow I suppose Jim Gavin you know doesn't do hyperbole and stuff he just brings him back in for training and see how he goes the usual talk about how he's going well in training or in league matches and stuff for clubs um, it's another option for them uh, I think it's unlikely he'll feature um, he's got a couple of weeks training under his belt now he may throw him in in what is almost a dead rubber against Tyrone uh, Bernard Brogan was on the bench last I didn't see any action so Jim Gavin doesn't do sentiment it wouldn't surprise me in the slightest if he just lets him to, to fill fill the B team and, and put a bit of pressure mm-hmm. on their lads but uh, they're certainly showing no signs of any bit of lackadaisical attitude yeah, and, and like <clears throat> you mentioned Conor Callan there, like I I thought Conor Callan was just an absolute beast. And and I know Roscommon were, were, were dead walking, you know, but like they just they like they actually highlighted it last night as well, but it was noticeable that they were looking to put in ball a little bit more into a contest at the edge of the square where it was one on one and like Callan and Jesus he was just he looked so powerful now and the catches he made over his head, like they're just they're adding all the time. They're not standing still and allowing. Everybody talks about, you know, Kerry or Donegal or Tyrone catching up and closing. And but these, like Dublin, aren't standing still. They they keep pushing this, you know, pushing the boundaries and getting better and challenging themselves to find new ways of of improving all the time. And like the Connolly thing is just going to be, like, it's a fascinating dimension to to, to the next couple of games to see is he going to make a panel? Is he going to get to play? Uh, and then when he does, or if he does, how how well he's going to fit into the whole thing, and uh, it's it's just you know it's another layer of intrigue, I suppose that it's already going to hot up with with the way that the games yesterday went, and and it's just another little add on that that'll be interesting to see how it plays out. Okay, that was the second game on Saturday evening, Paddy. Of course, you were there for the first game as well, uh, Cork Tyrone. Uh, you had an excellent piece today, the tide turning for Cork football. But like re- reading Ronan McCarthy's quotes after the match. He sounded like an angry man, uh, an opportunity lost. Yeah, possibly, but again, like that's the way you have to be when you're in the in the setup. You know, you have to be very demanding of yourselves, and they'll be disappointed. A lot of people look at it and say they threw the game away, but realistically, look, they're playing against the All Ireland finalists from last year. Um, what's interesting over the Super Eights is. You know, Mead probably in the last ten minutes of games have really struggled. The conditioning of the elite teams is is, is massive, and you don't just get that over a year or two. It's it's a couple four or five years at that level, um, and Cork are just that bit short in that. Um, they got caught with a couple of goals start second half, which kind of just deflated them a small bit. But to be fair, they didn't go away. They came back. Mikey Hurley came on, got four scores. Cork were well in that game. No, albeit Tyrone looked as though they had the upper hand. Um, from from outside the camp now, like you, you could be nothing but positive about Cork's Super Eight campaign so far against possibly two of the best teams, and they've they put up the bottom. Rewind the clock three months ago, and I was saying we're in for desperate hidings if we make it. We've been very, very credible. Um, so there's a lot to work on for Cork. There'll be a lot of regrets there, though, because this was an opportunity, a big opportunity. Tyrone, Tyrone were flat in the first half, but a lot of that was due to Cork's, Cork's uh, attitude. I, I couldn't believe how how well set up they were in the space. So just of exp- yeah, just explain the the setup from the start. How did they punch those holes in Tyrone in the opening fifteen twenty minutes? 
Yeah, well, I suppose like playing Tyrone, they, they literally just leave McShane up top and the rest of them all drop back. So in open play, you're like White got the ball or if, if Tyrone dropped the ball short, if Cork turned them over, Tyrone retreated. So Cork would just come up the field at a whole mass of bodies. And what the Tyrone wants to do is just try to take fellas on because they'll swarm you, they'll double up on you, try a risky pass inside. Brian Hurley hardly got a kick, mm. but that's not his fault because what's the point to kick it in when you've got two sweepers on top of you? So Cork were very, very good. Now, the goal at the start was huge after 14 seconds. That was absolutely massive because it, it let Cork settle and say, right, we're not chasing we're this. We're not chasing the goal. game. And, yeah. and look, it's desperate to watch and I absolutely hate it. And, and I mean, you can say to Tyrone, you know, it's, it's a winning formula. Tyrone are probably better than Cork. They'd have beaten them no matter what way they went out. They just made Cork come out the same way against them. And, and it just, while the score was, was 215 to 212, like it was a, it was a hard game to watch. Like for, for a purest point of view, and again, I'm not, a, I'm not an old fogey or anything like but it's just, it's very different to what we saw then. Donegal Kerry, two teams going, going at it. That's not to say they didn't drop numbers back, but it's with the play as opposed to retreating before it because it's just, it's so hard to watch. Cork deserve a huge amount of credit um, and they have a lot to build on now for, for uh, next year because they can, they've can they shown now they can play both ways against Dublin kind of almost all out attack against Tyrone the more defensive approach Just on one point though there in terms of next year we'll be still in Division 3 though and back to what you were saying about the conditioning of the elite teams in Division 1 so like do you think there's going to have to be a big focus in terms of the physical conditioning over the the spring winter period yeah and look that's still galling the fact that Cork are down to Division 3 that should not have happened because that same group of players and management were, were stuck in that team look not to harp too much back onto it but they played in Division 2 like a team who mm. were underdogs in games and, and to be fair to Cork that's not the way we should be at that grade we should have been going out um, and, and, and beating teams as opposed to trying to, to, to hold teams and counter against teams look Cork will be, I'd imagine will be far too strong in Division 3 next year the bulk of the work will be done last, this time last year. They started in earnest with the junior players in under-20s. I'd imagine Ronan will go flat out again, trying to bring true lads. We had a great win with Cork 20s last week. They're, they're, you know, the size of Cork and the, the playing population of Cork, there's always players you can, you can find uh, to add to the panel. So they have a lot of work to do, but for a lot of them now, they're there a couple of seasons and they're starting to get closer to that level. Um, I can't imagine there'll be too many retirements, uh, if any. So, look, Cork are in a, in a fairly good place, albeit we'll be, you know, we'll be stuck away in Division 3, but that's fine if we can win, you know, seven games in Division 3, win most of them, win the league final, come into the, the Munster campaign next year, have a crack off Kerry. I think it's due to be at home next year, obviously not dismissing any of the other Munster teams, but, mm-hmm. uh, and then... You did, you did, you just dismissed again, all the rest of them there. Actually, again, <laughs> again, looking to, looking to take the Super 8 and, and, be more competitive again next year. Um, look, it's it's the black card for my court yeah, there no, for black card for Paddy Gill. You can't dismiss that. But like the big thing in that game, I thought though was was like Matty Donnelly came into the game in the second half and he mm. said, "Hey lads, give me the ball here. I'm going to hit full forward." And and like there was a complete lethargy about about you know Tyrone in the first half and they had all those bodies back and it was cat to watch. But they didn't put a hand on anybody like Corkwork, like Rory Dean. These were lovely hands, and like they just they were able to cut through them like knife through butter. And the goal chances was 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 a fair reflection of, of the way Cork played in the first half. And you could just imagine. I don't know what Mickey Hart is like in the dressing room at halftime, but you could just imagine the guy was lifting the paint off the walls because it was their attitude. I thought Tyrone just came with a game with an attitude that was, we'll beat Cork lads. We'll we'll it'll be a struggle, but we'll get over the line. And that's the way they played in the first half. But Jesus, Matty Donnelly showed like pound for pound the kind of a footballer that he is, the kind of leader that he is, and the, and the ability that he has to just lift the team when when they're all struggling. You know, McShane was being decent. Um, Peter Hart wasn't giving you loads up to the second half, and and then he just led the way, and and Cork really had no answer for that, and and then the, that surge came, and you know I suppose in the end they did run out of bodies or run out of legs, you know. Yeah, and, and look, looking at Tyrone, like why you wouldn't put Donnelly close to the goal is beyond me. Like he's not a he's not a workhorse. Grant he has that those those physical attributes, but get him up close to goal where he influence things close to McShane. Like the the first goal came from a kick into Donnelly, you know, and that, that wasn't on the first half because all they had was McShane and Cork cleverly used um, Stephen Crone as a sweeper there, so there was no there's no real in ball to to McShane. So just that small tweak. I mean, it's it's hardly going attacking putting a second man the full forward line and everyone else working. But again, hard kind of came to the fore small but got a couple of scores got involved in things just those big players for Tyrone really stood up um, look they're, they're around a couple of years they're, they've been all in finals they should be doing that 
Um, but just just as a spectacle, it's just desperate to watch. Oh, it's it, hard it just, to watch. Yeah. yeah, hard to watch. But do you think Tyrone don't get the credit they deserve in terms of Paddy said, like, you know, in an All-Ireland final last year, have been nearly in every All-Ireland semi-final for the last five or six years, whatever the stats are. I think you know, Mickey Hart makes that point today. He even kind of has a pop back at some of the critics. Hard to watch, but it's getting them there. It is, and, and I think they get loads of credit. I mean, they're, <clears throat> they were an All-Ireland finalist last year, and, and they're always competitive, as you make the point, and, and, and everybody recognises that. But at the same time, it's OK to say we don't like the way that you play football or we don't like watching that football, you know. Um, like, they probably changed a little bit during the league, and they went a little bit more offensive. And, and you know, you had Donnelly and McShane up top, and they were being more direct with ball. And then they got to the Ulster Championship, and obviously it didn't work, and, and they've kind of reverted the type a little bit now. And again, it's, it's getting them results, and it's getting them, you know, performances to a lesser degree. I, I still think that with the players that they have, with the Hearts and the Donnellys and the McShanes and all these guys, you can still be a little bit more adventurous than, than they are being at times, especially in that first half against Cork. They were, they were like 14, 15 men behind the ball for mm. a lot of that, that game, and uh, especially in the first half. And you're saying, Jesus, lads, like just be a little bit more daring and, and you could put the game to bed a little bit more than, than, uh, than it took them, you know? Yeah, and like from a Cork point of view, like as a dual county, when you're, you're looking, you're imagining kids watching this game, you know, they, they, they're good at hurling, they're probably good at rugby or soccer as well, and you're thinking, how do you attract them get them attracted to, to, to play football and they're watching this muck and like it's muck and it's not Cork's fault because Cork went out the previous weekend the best team in the country and, and put on a fantastic display but Cork have got to play that way if you go out any other way against Tyrone because the dubs will do it Kerry won All-Ireland against Donegal in 2014 by doing the exact same thing because if you do anything else you're just playing into their hands and giving them turnovers yeah. and, and letting them counter-attack against you so look I, I don't want to be discussing rule changes and stuff but it's just I'm, like the game has swung back to a more positive attacking mindset but there's you know a few teams maybe just trying to drag it back down and if Tyrone got success you can see the, the, the middle tiers and lower tiers going, going that way again so look and I think it filters down even the club teams Oh, yeah. yeah, absolutely sure. Everybody at club level, it, it becomes magnified because it's a, it's a, it's an easy answer for guys who who maybe don't have the, you know, the time or the ability to actually coach guys up and and, and to become better defenders. But the thing, the thing with Tyrone is, I don't think they need to be as defensive mm. as they can. It's fine for the likes of you know, you look at Fermanagh and you're saying, okay, this is a personnel issue. You don't have the, the talent up top to actually go and beat teams. Whereas, like Tyrone in that second half, it was a much easier watch because they they were more direct and they were you know running quicker with the ball and and leaving the ball in and then getting off guy's shoulder and it was easier to watch. But it was that first thirty five minutes. You're saying, Jesus lads, seriously, like come on, you you've moved past this now. This didn't work last year in All Ireland final. It might work against Cork, but it's not going to win you in All Ireland, which is the ultimate goal for Mickey Hart. Like Mickey Hart, I saw was it after the game or before the game? He was out saying something about oh we're all competing for second place or something. I nearly fell off my seat. I, I couldn't believe what, what he was saying. Like, he doesn't believe that, obviously, and, and nobody here believes it. But playing like that, like the same way that got you beat last year, is essentially playing for second place because it didn't work. And, and you're going to have to come up with something a little different if you want to get it over the line. OK, now it leaves Tyrone and Dublin uh, facing off in the last game in the group. That's in uh, two weeks' time up in Oma decide who'll top the group it leaves also Cork and Roscommon playing effectively a dead rubber down here in Parky Rin and that leads us on to the entire Super 8 formatting debate Paddy yeah look it, it's, it's a shame for both teams it's like Roscommon's a desperate trip down to Cork now for them in a couple of weeks um, like what do Cork do I think I've heard they have a fitness test this week they're actually going training hard this week I thought they'd take it handy but um, like what you do I suppose they've, they've two weeks look to kind of I suppose assess the season assess where they're at fitness wise and kind of and all that and then when they come back in in the late late or late uh, autumn or winter their their kind of their their plan is clear maybe so I'd, I'd imagine a lot of discussion over the next couple of weeks will be all right where do we take it from here to for next year um look I hope they get good support in, in park here in um they deserve it like it was fairly empty above in crow park for the first mm-hmm. game on saturday um yeah look that's the drawback of the super eights the the 
Tyro and Dublin game, it's not a dead rubber like because there, there's definitely, I suppose, a bit of psychology in that, and possibly just you know want to avoid one of the other teams. But uh, for, for Cork, it, it's a shame because we didn't get the buzz of a home game uh, when, when something was on the line. Um, so look, it, that, that's I think the Super Eights is another year to run anyway. So uh, look, they made a good tweak this year in terms of putting the provincial the winners at home first. I don't know is there anything else they can do with it better off having the the neutral game last or would that be even worse again because no one will go to lift those dead rubbers but um, look there's no perfect scenario I do think at this stage it should be just knockout quarterfinal stage it should be knockout from there on but uh, the, the weekend we're after having it's a, it's a good um, so you get away with it you, you do away with the Super Eight Yeah, look I just think uh, I think I'd prefer to see the I think the group stages early in the, in the, in the thing involving everyone um, I, know, I know that would involve some, some mismatches but Look, you're looking at Donegal, Kerry, yes, a fantastic game. You're looking at a few other games, Super 8s that have been crackers and a couple coming up as well. And you're thinking, that's that's great, that's what we want. But at the same time, I just think it, it drags the thing out a bit too much for me as a, as a club player only now. But uh, Cork Ross Common is going to be a weird one. I think that it's going to be hard to know how to approach it. It is. It's going to be a weird one. But at the end of the day, like I think both of the managements will be kind of saying, do you know what, lads? It's, it's not that we can progress to the semi-final, but like, Cork have played very well. You know, by their standards in the in the first two games, but they've nothing to show for it. And I think, like for Rona McCarthy, I think it's an easy one to motivate these guys to say, you know what, lads, our performances probably haven't got us what we deserved, but this is a chance at home to you know to actually put a put a an apostrophe or a, or a, a, a just a full stop after our 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 super race to say we're after progressing, but now we've got something to show for it with a with a good win and a, and, a, and a you know a good result in our own ground. Like yeah, and strange thing is if Cork do lose to Roscommon, they'll have won two out of six championship games, which reads as a very poor showing. Mm, you know, yeah. having lost four games, so just to to spin it a bit, three three out of six wouldn't be bad. Losing to to Kerry Dublin Tyrone is no no shame. So Cork will have a great chance against Roscommon, and as you said, Ronan McCarthy is going to be going into year three. Um, they'll want they'll love a positive kind of end to the year to come back mad for road okay, and, the same, and the same for Anthony Cunningham above in Roscommon obviously like I mean he's he's in the same boat he, this is this is they've won Connacht or, you know and, and, and they've progressed now they've, they've obviously got a hammering against Dublin but this is for them it's the same thing like while there's nothing riding on it it's still a nice prize to, to finish off your year on a positive note heading into next season after two relatively positive campaigns would you be in favour of keeping the Super 8s as is well look they are in place for another year anyway, and I, I mean the the big tweak that you're going to make is take the games out of Croke Park. Like yeah. those 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 neutral games shouldn't be in Croke Park. I'd leave them in the second round, but take them somewhere else. Uh, and and you're going to you just do it generates a better buzz. Like there was there was fifty thousand, maybe just shy of fifty thousand there for for the double header on Sunday. There was a better atmosphere for the second game. Obviously, I still think if you had that somewhere else. You know, and you've got a packed venue. Then it's a it's a completely different animal, and, and I think you can you could do that easily, and and it's not a big deal. To it'd be another nice tweak, uh, you know, like we saw this year with the first game getting at home. I think you take them out of Croke Park, and and it it gets them another bit of life. Okay, well, speaking of packed venues, Castle Bar on uh, Saturday week will be, uh, I'd say, filled to the rafters. Uh, Mayo and Donegal. It's. Uh, Make or break, really, for, for the two. Um, you were in Crow Park yesterday for the Mayo game. Thoughts on that, Mike? Uh, again, a, a little bit like kind of Cork and Tyrone. I suppose, you know, Meath were the ones that were, you know, with fifth, you know, 15 minutes to go or 20 minutes to go. It was, it was Meath were a point up, um, playing some good football. Mayo looked, again, like Tyrone. They looked leggy. They looked... Like maybe they were waiting to get knocked out as they seem to leave us lead us to believe every game, um, and again they just they found a way they like it like they always do. You know, Paddy made the point about these kind of the top teams and 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 the gas they have in the tank for that last quarter. They showed that they scored two six in the last fifteen minutes, uh, and they just showed all their experience. You know, McLaughlin getting goals, Killian O'Connor on the rebound getting goals. Um, they just the the experience, the conditioning. Me, they're supposed to be new enough to that level. Um, but it's amazing how these games, a lot of them, are really determined in the last fifteen minutes by by the by the top teams when they just it's like they switch gears and and they just burn teams off. And again, for Mayo and Andy McEntee, like they they've been looking at you know it's been a relatively positive year for them, but again, probably nothing to show for it. And uh, and the scoreline of it was a nine in the finish. I think that, like it probably doesn't accurately reflect the the game up to certainly up to about sixty minutes of it. You know, John Dively making a good point today. Uh, Andy Moore and the importance of him. Would you start him the next day? Oh, it's a tough one. I mean, uh, up in Castlebar, 
um, like this two weeks will be of all teams involved Mayo needed this two week break mm. um, this will be massive for them going in at home in Castlebar now I know Castlebar isn't exactly a fortress for them but um, it's that's going to be a class game like uh, the winner winner takes all there um, more more than starting look he's a class player does he have the 70 minutes are you better off bringing him in as as it was yesterday when things settled down a small bit he just he's He'd be a bit like Donald O'Connor, I think, with Cork before, where his his movement inside and his ability to to bring other players into the game as well as to take his own scores, it just kind of knits the whole thing together. Um, he was brilliant yesterday. He's moving for the ball. He got a couple of scores as well. Um, look, I think at his age, I don't know, is he 37, 38? Obviously, he's still a very, very fit man, but I'd probably hold him and, and look to, to get a bit of a spark when things are in the melting pot because, you know, the way Donny Gall play and, and Mayo play that game is going to be just frantic. It's going to be all action. Um, so I think he might be better coming off the bench, I know, and Dibley's saying to, he, he should start. There's there's plenty of merit in that, but uh, it all depends on, on, I suppose, do Mayo have any other bodies back fit? Um, if you, yeah, if you, if you bring him on, with 20 minutes to go above in Castlebar in a tight game against Donegal like the roof will, will lift off the place it'll it'll give everybody in the ground like the supporters the players on the pitch it'll give everybody a boost and like you saw yesterday when he came on like his ability to get a score first of all a bit of experience with the jink and the dummy solo and the, and the outside of the boot played a couple of foot passes that were just brilliant his movement like you know he played the ball across for, for one of the goals like I, I just think you're going to get the best out of him if you can maximise his energy. Like, and, and, and the way to maximise his energy is give him 20 minutes or, or give him a half or whatever and allow all the pulling and dragging and the mauling that's going to go on in the first half, allow that to pass and bring the guy into the game when it's slightly looser and, and allow his... Like the, he's, he's a brilliant footballer and his, his vision and everything is, is just super. And you get the most out of him in, in a 20-minute packed little cameo when the whole place is going bonkers because Mayo's life is on the line, I, I think that's where you get the best out of him and you get the best out of Mayo. And of course, uh, the other really interesting subplot in all of this, Stephen Rochford. Yeah. See, it's, I, I don't really... I, nobody knows what Rochford is doing. Like, you know, he, he's probably... He's getting credit, you know, for, for something that we're not really sure of how much of an impact he's, he's having. Now, it seems that, I mean, looking at them yesterday and the way they're playing... Um, they're obviously playing with more, like it was one-on-one stuff yesterday by by Donegal. Like there was no, there was no thirteen men behind the ball. It was adventurous. It was bold. Like they were missing three key defenders. They lost their two midfielders during the game, and they still stayed the same way, man for man. Let's get the ball into McBriarty and Jamie Brennan and all these guys, and 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 we'll take our chances. And like I'm not sure how much of an influence he's having, or, or whether it's maybe you know Declan Bonner is is doing stuff a little differently. But they're playing in a different way, and they're playing in a more attacking way and uh, a more attractive and, way. Oh, absolutely! Yeah. Great football. I mean, that game yesterday was was like you were talking about kids watching the game, Paddy. Like that was an advertisement again for for Gaelic football, the way it was played by both teams. I mean, the the, the effort and the running and the hitting and and then the skills like that. That was a greasy surface yesterday. It was wet, and like there was so little, you know, mishandling. The, the skills were of such a high standard. The scoring. Like everything, everything you could possibly want rolled into a game. We saw it in the, in the, in that second game yesterday between Kerry and Donegal, and you know both teams can take massive credit out of it, and, and plenty of stuff that they can improve on too. Who'd be the happier manager after that yesterday? You'd have to say Kerry because I think the way it's lined up now, they win in Mead and they're 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 safe, uh, they're they're true. So, but again, Donegal, like just from a football point of view it's great because that Donegal team will not go away they're, they're young enough so we've probably got contenders for the next couple of years which is fantastic we're always looking for that um, uh, like as Mike said just the game was just a throwback it was just just class just there was never more than two points between the two teams there was five scores in injury time alone at the end of the game like just just goes showed neither team were sitting back It was they were still going for it um, like Donegal the late changes I suppose they, they, they're obviously Owen Bongaller uh, being injured out for the rest of the season is a huge blow uh, Neil McGee missed out yesterday um, there was three changes in their back line so you thought they'd be under pressure they, like they conceded was at 120 but you know they were still impressed um, they have a couple of the best players in Ireland in, in Murphy um, McBriarty and um, yeah, t- like Michael Murphy lads is oh. just like if anything he's getting better with age He's, he was outrageous yesterday. He, he honestly was. I, it was. It was. It was a pleasure like to watch him play. Uh, it was, he's just so. He's so clever. Like he, he's obviously deceptively uh, quick because 
he doesn't look like he's a, he's a, an unbelievable runner. Obviously, we know he's, he can he can run and he moves and gets everywhere on the pitch. But he just goes past people and they can't catch him. So he's obviously quicker than than maybe we're we're giving him credit for. But like his football, like one of the things I thought was so clever was they won a, they won the free. I think it was Ryan, Ryan McHugh won the first free to start the second half, both well outside the forty five, and. Uh, Michael Murphy, like he, he called over Michael Murphy and Michael Murphy said, yeah, I'll go and take the free off the ground. It was the first one he kicked off the ground. And like he must have taken about 60 to 70 seconds to stroll over, have a cup of coffee, read a paper, put the ball down, kick it over the bar. And like all the time the referee is standing below, they're kind of saying, yep, you take your time, Michael, no problem. I will allow you to dictate the pace of the game. And he started the second half and said, we are going to slow the pace here for a while so we can all get our bread and see what's going on. And like he's just such a leader, and and everything he does is just class. Yeah, and he was cute enough in the last three as well. Like where you see that foul was committed, and where he kicked the ball, he came a good ten, fifteen yards, which is the sign of a, a kind of a level-headed player. He's just a class act on and off the pitch. He just, I'd say, he's he's an unbelievable leader for that team. Um, but not just him. I mean, the forward line. If you look, Langan kicked two scores yesterday. Mm. Your man Gallen came on, kicked a couple of scores. Gallen kicked an unbelievable he, score with yeah, his left, left foot towards the end. Like, yeah. he's, he's nineteen, is it? Yeah. Like he came in, and like there was no, like it wasn't. I'm going to look for Michael Murphy, or I'm going to look for McBrearty. This guy was like, there's a gap. I'm going through it, and I'm going to put it on my left leg, out on the on the Cusick's hand side, and it, it nudged off the post and went over the bar. Unbelievable score. Like they have some real, real. Like everybody, the the, the perception you have of Donegal. I suppose over the years has been, I suppose since Jim McGuinness, it's like defend, 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 defend. These guys have unbelievable flair players up top that, that just make it easy to watch. But it's back to the conversation we were having earlier about Tyrone. They've found a system that's allowing those flair players yeah. to do it now. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and they're showing faith in the young guys as well, obviously. You know, I mean, and both, again, both managers are, are, are done the same. I mean, like from Kerry's perspective, there was young guys like Killian Splan. I think that was one of the novel things like about that game. Killian Splan is a guy making his championship debut, comes on, gets three brilliant scores um, from play. You know, you mentioned Gallen. Um, like there was, there was just, there's so many kind of new guys coming out of nowhere that are really performing at this level. And, and it just lended the whole game to being such an attractive kind of a, kind of a fixture. Now there was plenty of pulling and dragging it and off the ball stuff as well that was, that was going on. But in general, you know, it was just, it was a brilliant spectacle and, and two teams really going toe-to-toe for, for about 80 minutes. I've asked you about David Morn. Uh, foot injury, we're told? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, Says like, he's club manager. No, I don't know, honestly. I Like, I was actually, I was sitting down and I heard the announcement and I was like, oh, Jesus Christ, don't tell me there's something wrong with him now, you know? But uh, no, I, I, I'm led to believe it's nothing significant and that he and he could well be available to play against me. So I, I suppose, again, if it was a do or die game and, and Kerry needed to win, maybe it was something he could have played. I don't know. Um, but the word is that it's not it's not significant, thankfully. Which Peter Keane would be happy enough. Oh, Jesus, I'd say he'll be ecstatic with that. Yeah, I think he'll be delighted. I mean, like, what what, what would he be displeased about? I mean, there was a couple of goal chances. Like, you, you'd be saying on the balance of it, because of the players maybe that Donegal were missing, that you knew they were going to be missing in the way they lost the two midfielders, McFadden and stuff, you'd say Kerry probably should have won the game, possibly. But that side of it was probably balanced by Moran's absence and the way he played against Mayo. You're saying, geez, this is going to be a big loss to Kerry. Um, but like Adrian Spillane... Killian Spillane, you know, young Dermot O'Connor in his first game, or, you know, first big game in that in that kind of Super 8 sense. You know, Jack Sherwood coming off the bench playing so well. Like, defensively, like, Tyke Morley did a pretty decent job on McBrearty. Yeah, everyone, like, you know, is pointing to the Kerry defence. You know, we saw how everyone was getting all the plaudits down in uh, Fitzgerald Stadium after the Mayo game. Uh, are, are, are they starting to get a bit of self-belief? And Well, like, I, I would have thought Jamie Brennan was one of the best, like, and he's, he still is. He's one of the, he's one of those, you know, young forwards in the country that are, that are really difficult to stop. He's direct, he's low to the ground, he's a great kicker. And like Tom Sullivan did an amazing job on him yesterday. And and funnily enough, Tom Sullivan, like late in the game, now I, I I'm not sure was it what was it by design from Donegal or whatever, but Jamie Brennan was kind of operating further out from goal and it actually really played into into Kerry's hands. Like Tom Sullivan was just like he's really an attacking half back, Tom Sullivan, who's who's kind of you know a make weight cornerback, but as soon as he got out the field, my god, he became a driving force for Kerry going the other way. And um like there still doesn't seem to be any massive structure or, or, or you know system behind giving a little bit of protection it was really like McBrearty was in 60 yards of space with Tyke Morley on him and it was a foot race to the ball and if you get it first 
see what you can do with it and then we'll try and get a little few bodies around the place but uh, Carrier just it seems to be really open kind of traditional man for man you win your battle and if you don't we'll try and help you but there's going to be no one there beforehand to dissuade a kick pass into you and like it's it's high risk stuff but yesterday it, it paid off yeah that was one of the beauties of yesterday's game is you could look at matchups you know you could look at McManaman picking Clifford up you could look at uh, Tom Sullivan and Brennan Morley and McBearty that kind of level of individual battles has, has almost been lost in sweepers mm, yeah. and stuff like that and I wouldn't call either team naive either like it wasn't as if they didn't get numbers back I'm sure there's plenty of clips to show each team with 15 behind the, the ball but they, what they did was they trust their full back line to, to go toe to toe with their men and, and win, a, win a foot race and then, as as the play developed, they then filter back the midfields and the half backs and, and half forwards would come back. Um, so look, both teams have plenty of positives. I, I would be happier if I was uh, in Peter Keane's position because Donny Gall going up to face uh, Mayo and Castlebarno was a massive ask for a young team. Looking at the Mayo team from yesterday, I mean they had the Shea Michee, Aidan O'Shea, um, Lee Keegan, Colin Boyle, and Donny Vaughan in that kind of middle five there, like experienced dogs you know who who relish the challenge of a young team coming at them in Castlebar Keith Higgins to come back as well for the next game so Mayo are in a fantastic position everyone will be talking up Donegal about how impressive they were Mayo at home just waiting for them to come at them um, you know they've they've a bit to make up for after the, the, the no show in Clarny so that's going to be a cracker that's going to be an absolute cracker I, I'd fancy Mayo again like you, you could never write them off and I just think They'll have the bit between their teeth. They'll they'll have the couple of weeks break and they'll they'll flake into that Donegal team. That should be should be a cracker. Jeez, yeah, I I wouldn't be fancying Mayo for that one. I I, I think I think Donegal are, I I think they're a real deal. I think they're I think they're just, you know, playing really good football. I think defensively they're they're solid without being outstanding, but I think offensively they're very very good. Uh, and I think if now it depends on their bodies, obviously if they can get some of the guys that were missing from the Kerry game back into the mix and Hugh McFadden's okay to go, I think they'll be really hard to beat, you know? Like okay. McHugh, jeez, McHugh, who's a, who's a fantastic athlete, and he was doing a decent job. Uh, and McHugh... But God, that, that bang at the start, I think, took an awful and lot he did get it. That was a yeah. big bang, and, and then obviously the black card, and McHugh just, like, McHugh just ran the show for a guy who's about, like, he'd fit into your pocket, and he's just doing everything and getting everywhere and diving on crazy ball that he knows he's going to get himself killed and he's still getting in there and winning it. Um, just like, I, I really think they're, um, they're going to have a big say in the, in the last four, okay. I think. I'm going to throw this one to you guys. If we have our rankings, our pyramid, Dublin top of the pyramid, give me the next four blocks below them. Uh, I, I, at this stage, I think I would be going with... Um, Kerry, Donegal, Tyrone, two, three, and four. Paddy. Yeah, it's hard to disagree with that. Uh, I, I think Kerry or I would have snuck into number two. But look, it's great that we're actually debating. Yeah. There's probably after Dublin, there's probably four teams. You could probably throw Mayo maybe into that. Yeah. Mayo may have slipped a small bit, like, but, um, th- like I know we're negative about Tyrone, but are uh, critical about their style. But that's going to be very, very tough to beat for for any of those teams. Um, it looked that the pairing semi-final pairs would be very very interesting um, I, I would say Kerry number two like after Donegal beating Tyrone in, in Ulster you'd have to say they, they'd probably rank slightly ahead of Tyrone but um, at the same time Tyrone have gone back to their old defensive style look I, I, I've not, no particular grow from here or anything but like I would not write them off up in Castlebar at home uh, win there probably means they've come second in that group presuming Kerry will win and that'll be a Mayo-Dublin semi-final with Kerry Tyrone two crackers to look forward to so look everything from here on in is moat watering we've got three three great weekends of, of football ahead so um, it's just very very positive in terms of the championship lads you know the entire debate especially about the hurling finishing in August do you think that we're, we're set for August finals for here on end that we'll never go back to the, the September format yeah and look as, as a club player I, I, I would be in favour of coming f- further forward again um, I appreciate the whole idea behind the shop window and the commercial side of things but and Mike might be in a similar position I'm not sure as a as a club man now but um, like the club scene is, is on its he's, knees he's only waiting for David Moore to be fit that's yeah, all that's yeah. worrying him at the uh, moment take, take a couple of weeks he'll be fine I don't <laughs> yeah, like for instance now with, with, in Cork now like yeah just to explain explain to listeners now in terms of Ballancolic so senior football obviously you're into a backdoor game when do you know that will be played yeah so 
thankfully this year I suppose like no, traditionally Cork would have played games during the summer whenever they could and other other counties have shut down we never shut down which to be fair was the way to go now it brought uncertainty but this year what they've done is they said look no games till August bottom line no matter how, how good bad or different Cork do um which allows lads to plan holidays yeah, there's, a, there's a lot of positives in that however look my big bugbear with the whole thing is it's a split season we we played a championship in April now we actually went to the early May because we were the last game out because we were waiting on a preliminary round and our hurlers would have gone early so like let's say we played start of May so May, June, July uh, all were completely shut down now we've league games mm-hmm. obviously and, and again the county board have changed things and the league finals are, are ongoing at the moment which is fantastic but we are not down to play because our hurlers are out first for possibly two rounds. We're not due to play till the 24th of August. 24th of August, yes. That's nearly four months. So, like, as a club player, we had to get right for April. Now our game happened to drift to May, but let's say April, which meant going back training hard in, in February, playing league games in March and April. And then all of a sudden, you're at a stage where, right, what do we do? We shut down for a couple of weeks, like every club did at the stage. Thankfully, this year, there was competitive league games. But it's just very, very hard to maintain interest um, look, that's that's my big bugbear. I, I, I so if you were bringing the All Ireland football final forward, where where would you be putting it in the calendar? I try I try to get the August Bank Holiday weekend for me would be a great finish. That way, every county can be planning for championship in August. Most counties can then plan plan for championship in July. Um, you know, obviously giving two weeks to prep for an All Ireland final, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, look, what baffles me is what John Horan's at currently trying to make changes, bring moving things around, trying to bring in the tier, the second tier championship. When he's there's been a ten man committee set up to look at the whole thing. I mean, the CPA are banging the drum about you know fix the fixtures. How John Horan is doing it, this on its own, it's like a solo run for his legacy. Uh, when when he needs to look at the bigger picture, where does the college, where does Sigerson Fitzgibbon fit in? Where does the twenties fit in? Where does the the club championship start and all that? Look, it's an absolute mess as a club player. Now it's fine for me at this stage of my life. I'm not, you know, I'm happy enough. I, I tip away during the summer, but you know, when you're in your peak there in your mid twenties and you're getting nothing but league games, when you know you're still two three months away from from championship, is a farce. Uh, our hands are tied in Cork because we're a dual county. This is not as big an issue in, in other counties that are predominantly single code. Um, look, it's a huge issue. They've got such an opportunity now to fix it, and yet you see John Horn going off trying to do his own little thing is 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 annoying. Um, so, look, we're, we're getting to stage now. We're, we're approaching August. Things will kick off again in Cork and Championship, and it's all it's all great. We love that. But um, for for three months of the year, like we're we're twiddling our thumbs. Mikey, you you have the the viewpoint as a manager of of a club team, and as Paddy said, a kind of a different scenario on Kerry, given that the, the hurling doesn't have the same yeah, prominence. Of course, yeah, yeah. No, and, and like to be honest, I'd be fine. I'd be fine at the moment with the way things are working in Kerry. You know, we we've our club championship in April, which gets run off perfect. We have got league, which is very competitive all the way through the summer. You have great certainty about when these games are on, and then we know, uh, like in in first week in September, or second week in September, the county championship is going to start, and it'll be finished by by whatever it is in October. So at least all all you all you want as a as a club player is is certainty around when these things are going to happen, so that guys can, like you say, plan your life around that. And is it a help or a hindrance from a manager player perspective that the games are coming so thick and fast, and when you get into the county championship yes. proper? Like games is what you want. So I mean, if it's every week or every every second week, it's, it's not a big deal. Everybody's in the same position, and you know when the games are coming is the thing. The problem was before in Kerry was that you'd have a game like that maybe the week after. There'd be a game penciled in for the week after the Munster final, but like there was about five out of six Munster finals were a draw, so that game got bumped. So you were preparing for something that wasn't going to happen, and uh, and that was frustrating. But now, like I think it starts in September. It's over by end of October. Great, play away, you know. You, you see, that's the issue we have here. Is you're talking Mike now, and where Kerry is predominantly football. There's not a huge overlap in terms of players and clubs, like in Cork now, Ballincollig a dual club, fifty-fifty dual club. We've we probably have seven or eight lads starting both. So you said it's great week on week, but for us, for us, it's football, hurling, hurling, football. football. Yeah, yeah. So like we're trying to compete with Nemo or Ross Carberry and their football only. See, Cork is is very unique, and yeah. like the GA have to cater for the most complicated case. And for me, that's like the Cork or Galway or Tip, where there's, mm-hmm. there's strong dual clubs and strong dual tradition. Um, like you see it up, like that. That's a fantastic situation to have in Kerry. Up north, it's the same. They've leagues, 
which feed into gradings for championship for groups mm. in championship and then you go on to knockout like we can't have a group stage so for instance now we're bringing group stage next year but we have to have one of those games played in April next year because otherwise we won't get the three games played if the Cork Hurlers got an all-earned final or footballers or whatever then those games wouldn't be possible um, so so we're, our hands are tied big time so therefore the way the setup is at the moment we have to come back in April and just as a player it's just it's just infuriating to have to have a split season where you come back you have to go flat out for the first round of championship or your first group game next year and then a lull and then rise again granted there is the certainty uh, which we wouldn't have had in previous years but just there's a there's a better solution um, and I, I appreciate the arguments in terms of bringing the all Ireland finals forward means less less income less revenue less sponsorship all that kind of stuff but look the GA is supposed to be about more than money and uh, it's supposed to be about the club there's a serious rabbit hole you, you went down there now like for like, exactly I'm looking let's, for let's, the player yeah, going to let's get bring out let's the All-Ireland we're after having the best football game of the year yesterday and you want to you start giving out about like structures already like Jesus can we not can we not just enjoy what we saw yesterday as great football and, and instead now we're we're, we're crying we, about we, well, like, we, we, we have a lengthy memo to Craw Park I, I just see we have to, to change the, uh, the 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 venue and the Super 8 anyway to neutral venue we have yeah. to have Shane Lowry bringing out the, the Claret yeah. Jug the other one that was a huge annoyance to the two of you over the weekend and is in your column on Tuesday Mike and John Fogarty has written his column on the same thing as well ca- causing headaches to me on the desk team selections yeah sure it's a waste of time it's a waste of time um like <clears throat> I can't understand why why it's still going on in in the same in the same kind of outdated fashion where we we announce fifteen players to start and everybody in the world knows that those fifteen players aren't gonna aren't gonna start the game. Um, I can't understand it. I mean, it just makes no sense. You're printing programs with 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 like a, a complete farce. Like and you know, it just has nothing to do with what's actually going to be the team that starts. And I can't understand why we can't say. These counties are naming their 26-man panels on a, on a Thursday morning. They have to be in the Croke Park. That's your 26. That can change. Why can we not just publish the 26? Forget about naming 15s. This is the 26 players. Give, give, you know, leave you right in your own team or something into the program. Or at least, or, or, or the other alternative that I'm saying is, and that's other people have, have said the same thing, you name your 15 by Friday evening, and if that 15 doesn't start, if there's any changes to that 15, that impacts the number of substitutes that you have available to make during the game. So if you if you have two changes to the starting 15 that you've announced, that's that means you're down to, to four substitutes as opposed to six. But what happens, we just say, if one of those changes is Mike Quirk who wakes up on Sunday morning with a bad flu? You're down to five substitutes. That's like... I mean, the, the, the instances of that happening are much lower than the amount of times that I'll go to name Paddy Kelly cornerback, but like he's not going to play there. Like how many? There was three. Like Dublin named their team an hour before throwing, and there was three changes to the starting fifteen. Like there was three changes to the Kerry team. There was three changes to the Mayo team. Three seems to be the magic number of these things. Yeah, and looking at it, I'd say only two teams. I'd say Tyrone and Roscommon were the only two who actually went with the name fifteen. Um, and like from a player's point of view I've been on both sides where you're named to start when you know you're not or you're not named and you and know you are and, and it's a pain yeah. especially for big games and you know you've, you've family or your friends saying hard luck have, or, you, have you been in a situation like that? yeah yeah I have yeah um, and it, it, it's a nuisance because you're getting asked you know geez you know why aren't you starting or, or you know best luck and granted best luck you're a sub you're, you're still involved but just it, it's just a weird one negotiating your own head and having to, to keep those lies throughout the Yeah, and the, as a matter of interest now on that, were you, were you told, were you asked, were you like, listen, Petty, we're going to actually name you to start, but you're not going to start? Or was, like, how did that, how did that play out now? Because that, because... Without naming just, names. No, 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 you don't have to name names, <laughs> but I'm just saying, why would you allow yourself to be put into that position is, is my thing. If you knew, I'd be saying... No, you're not. Do- don't don't put my name down if I'm not starting. Don't do that. <laughs> you would have said that to, to, I, to Jack O'Connor. Yeah, to Jack O'Connor or to any of Why? Like you're making. A, they're making. They're making a bit of a, especially a young player. You're making a bit of a fool of him. Like oh, but that. if you're a young player, you're hardly. You know, you're just in. You're hardly going to say it to your county manager. Oh, Jack. But you see, you see <laughs> no the, way. You see, you're you're being named to start, and then they're telling you. You're not starting, but Jesus, don't tell anybody. Don't say it to anybody. So, like, you go home and your your grandmother, your your best friend, and your everybody is saying, "Christ, we're we're so proud," you know, and best of luck. And and you're inside saying, "Holy!" 
I'm some fraud here. <laughs> you know what I mean? Beep. I, I can't. <laughs> I can't. I can't tell anybody the truth about the situation. And like when the game, when the team gets announced, I'm going to be the the fellow with egg on my face. Like it, it's just it's not right. Yeah. And, and take so, steps. Yeah. Talk, talk us through your well, scenario. Well, I, th- I think to be fair, nowadays the, you know that that embarrassment, whatever, that's not there because everyone knows these teams are you know not to be taken uh, as gospel. Like it was very awkward. Like no, I would never have kind like someone and say look I'm not doing that I'm not playing that game you know it's 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 a nuisance in that you're you're kind of living a life for those few days especially sometimes people traveling up to games in, in Crow Park or whatever who know yeah they'd only go because you're playing maybe you know they're not necessarily huge you know gaff fans or whatever and you know you're the name to start and then you're not you're not playing you might be injured you know you mm-hmm. um so look it's it's a it's a pain like I wouldn't be in favor of bringing in punishments as Mike said, the best thing is is name a twenty six, because to be fair, like this week, so you teams coming off a desperate tough game last weekend, um, traveling home, maybe not meeting till Wednesday even for a session, one session a week, and a fella's feeling a tight hamstring or got a bang in the shoulder, and you're saying right, I'm not sure am I going to be okay in a few days time. Look, we'll name anyway. It has to go in for Thursday, so it's not, it's maybe not too cynical on their part. Now the Dubs naming a team an hour beforehand and then it being different is, is scandalous. They only um, picked up three injuries in the bus over to Croke Park. Like. Yeah, yeah. Um, so look, it's something that should be changed because it's just a nuisance. Every game you go to, you're waiting for the, there, there's three changes team or whatever. It just makes it fast for, for, for journalists like trying to prepare this in terms of analysis of who's marking who. Yeah. And you've but got in, all these... supporters though, Penny. Yeah. Like, like, to, like supporters are there kind of like eagerly awaiting to hear the team news on a Friday evening or whenever it comes out so you can look at the different permutations and say Jesus that's going to be a great match up there between McMenamin and Clifford and you know or, or whoever and they want to go through all this and that adds to the whole occasion and, and like the sense of Jesus this is going to be massive and then you're kind of now, now we've got to the point where we're saying sure like the team announcements who, who even cares because sure, there's going to be at least three changes on both teams yeah. so it, it, it just takes from the whole thing I think when you don't have certainty about the announcements and you can see the frantic nature on the sideline before the game with management teams looking yeah. at going who's who's where who's not in you know they'll have their pre-prepared mm. matchups and Grant you here probably you possibly get a wind of it a couple of minutes before the game but look it's it's an easy fix um, like no one like the next day now there will be teams named you won't believe in sight as you'll wait and see is Dean Rock starting or not I mean he wasn't named to start the last day uh, like you, you were fairly certain he was going to start um, like I'd imagine teams at that level are preparing for every eventuality so it's just it's an unnecessary um, sideshow to, to name a team I think name 26 on the Wednesday or Thursday and just and be done with it yeah yeah Okay, well, that's, that's our third recommendation for Croke Park. It'll be a long memo. Uh, our thanks uh, this Monday morning to uh, Mike Quirk and to Paddy Kelly for joining us in studio. Uh, Steve and Mike were uh, helping on the technical side of things because uh, Larry has had to take a lie down ahead of uh, Tipperary's return to Croke Park in the All Ireland Senior Hurling Championship semi final uh, next weekend. And uh, next Monday, it will be All Hurling on the show with uh, Anthony Daly and the crew as they look back on Limerick Kilkenny and Tip and Wexford. Football, though, dominated our conversation today. Our thanks to uh, the lads and thank you as well for listening. Continue to do so. We're on irishexaminer.com forward slash podcast and you can listen out as well on SoundCloud and on iTunes. Back same time, same place next week. Hopefully, we'll have your company once more. With Renault, passion for what drives you. Official car partner of the GAA. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello? Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.